Today we're wrapping up our series in Joshua called Strong and Courageous. We've done eight weeks in Joshua. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, it might surprise you to, to hear me say we're wrapping it up today, right? Because last, uh, yeah, last week we were only in chapter 10 and there's 24 chapters in Joshua. And so you think, well, what are you, what's happened here, Nathan? Well, the reason for that is most of the intervening chapters between 10 and let's say 23 or 24, can easily be summarized. They follow a very similar pattern. You know, the Israelites are moving through Canaan. They win battle after battle. They take possession of, of bits of land, and they, and they, they start their new life uh, in, in Canaan. And, and I think, you know, there's something like 31 kings or groups that they had to defeat to get to, to this point. There's many chapters that describe also the allocation of land to the various tribes and the, the groups within those tribes. So you should read it. You know, it's worth doing. Get all the way up to the end of chapter 24 this week if you can. There is a, a moment um, towards the end where there's, there's almost a civil war between some of the tribes. So there's lots of interesting things to read there. That's the short version of all those intervening chapters. But I really thought today was the right Sunday to finish this series. And so chapter 24 is exactly where we're at. And I'm going to start in verse 1. And I just want to invite you to read along with me. It'll be on the screen behind me. So here we go. Then Joshua summoned. So remember, this is like right at the end of, of his life. Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and they presented themselves to God. And then just to, to help you get the shorter version here, Joshua takes the time to retell the story of Israel, you know, from Abraham all the way through the different generations, including when they were delivered from slavery in Egypt, um, you know, their time through the, uh, through the Red Sea and into the desert. And, and then, of course, everything that they've done uh, since they've moved into across the Jordan, you know, victory after victory after victory and how a nation has stepped out with strength and courage when fear could have stopped them from fulfilling what he had called them to do, what God had called them to do. And what it seemed like, you know, for generations, it, it was almost like a pipe dream, wasn't it? Someone had, had the, the prophecies had come down and they'd been told, this is where God's going to take this nation. And, and it felt unfulfilled for so long. And everything had now come to pass, but it, it only happened because they trusted God with their future. And I hope you've taken on the lessons from Joshua in your own life. You know, is there a dream or a vision that God has, has given you, but it just seems impossible, it seems distant, it kind of seems out of, out of reach. You know, maybe God's asking you to start a business or a charity or, or a ministry or, or even a church. You know, there's a calling, there's something that you feel like God is asking you to fulfill. But does the, the fear stop us? You remember when we went back to, and we had to cross the Jordan when we were reading through that part? And then the first time the Israelites got there, the fear did stop them and they had to go back for a while and learn something about trusting God. Does the fear stop us? If it's God's plan, maybe it's time to step out in faith if that's the lesson that we can learn from Joshua. 
You know, not in our own strength, but in strength and courage that comes from God. Because I just think that that's the lesson from Moses and Joshua. You know, it will be hard. There will be setbacks. There will be failures. There, there will be times of deception. Remember, we learned that last week when things seem to go wrong. But, and people will let us down and Satan will come against us. But the lesson is that we can achieve what God asks of us if we're willing to step out and, and lean on God for the strength and the courage that we need to achieve those things. And it's the same lesson for us as a church. You know, I believe God wants us to keep pushing deeper into him, into his discipleship, but also into this community around us because we have the hope of Jesus that we have to bring people. Yeah? But it's hard. There are setbacks. There are disappointments. There may even be times when sin and deception enter the church that we need to graciously and lovingly deal with and address. As a church, we need to be strong and courageous. You know, there are over 45,000 people just in this one postcode that this church is in. And right in front of me here today, uh, we represent many, many postcodes. And that's a lot of people. We know that in our country, that probably 85 to 90% of those people don't have a a born-again relationship with Jesus. So to reach even a fraction of those people, which is our job to do, because that was the last thing God said that we should do. Jesus said what we should do before he left. To reach them will take boldness and faith. And I think we can learn from the stories from Joshua and others in the Bible. More than anything, God wants us to, as his followers, to stay true to him. So let's keep reading. And let's just see what Joshua's last words were to his people. Because they must have been important, right? This is the last thing that he was going to say. So verse 14 So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And then, again, to, to save time, Joshua warns them about consequences of turning away from God. And then in verse 24, the people reply to him, We will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day in Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instruction. And as a reminder of the agreement, he took a huge stone and he rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent all the people away to their own homelands. After this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. 110 is a good life. So today we're talking about having the courage to fully commit to Jesus. And I must admit that when I hear stories of people who who walk away from their faith or, you know, they've slowly slidden away from God over the time, it's depressing, isn't it? You know, sometimes we see it with our friends and family or we read about a really well-known Christian um, leader that we've followed only for them to come out and say, I don't believe anymore. I've read of some just recently. And it can be hard. 
Like, I, I get it that life's hard. And, and following, following Jesus can be hard. We've talked about that before. It's completely rewarding and satisfying. But it can be hard. I know the pressure. I know the temptations can be big. I know life can be painful and filled with loss and grief and confusion. And all those things, sometimes they have the power to kind of take us away from God when they really, we should be pushing in closer. But we not only have a God that understands all of those things that I just mentioned, the difficult things, because he went through you know, the worst of the worst, but he went through that for us. You know, we have a God who committed to us to the full first, before we did. He took the initiative we cannot doubt the commitment of God's love for us because it, you know, it was laid out for us and it was recorded for us to, to read and receive. And so he calls us to commit to him in return. But I point out to you the key objective for us as Christians from Joshua's appeal in this word that we read today. Is this, sorry, this one word is, is wholeheartedly. That's the word I want us to focus on today. Wholeheartedly. Heartedly. Verse 14 said, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. It takes courage to commit wholeheartedly to the Lord. For all the reasons I just mentioned. But that should be our response to the level of commitment he showed us first. You know, there's no such thing as a partially committed Christians, we can't commit half-heartedly. You know, I haven't found that verse that says, trust in the Lord with half your heart. Or serve the Lord with some of your spare time and whatever spare change you have. You know, that, that verse is, does not exist wholeheartedly. Jesus didn't say, take up your beanbag and your lawn chair and follow me. You know, he said, what did he say? Take up your cross. In other words, your old love, it must die. In other words... There's a sacrifice to follow Jesus. It's a wholehearted proposition. He actually expects no less and deserves no less. Our deep love for God is a response to his deep love for us. There's a few things from Joshua that, are, that I think can help us with this wholehearted idea. Okay, number one is this, wholehearted. Number one is fear the Lord. So again, verse 14, very clear, four words. So fear the Lord. You know, for a long time, especially as a kid, I didn't really understand what it meant, this fear God thing. But I've understood, as I've understood God more and got to know him, I see the meaning to that, that phrase that we read in Scripture. The fear of the Lord, I guess in a nutshell, is recognizing who God is and who we are before him. You know, fear does not mean scared of God. It's not this idea that we have to run and hide. It means honoring and respecting who he is. Yes, he's our father. And yes, the Bible even says he calls us friend, which is amazing. But never, we never lose sight of the fact that he is the sovereign creator God over all things. He is above all things. He alone is the judge of us. He has the right to give and take away. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent, which means lots of power, 
you know, without, no, there's no restrictions to his power. He, he is divine in nature and he is our saviour. While I'm created in his image, I am not God in any way. The world kind of thinks that we should be gods, you know, it's, it's me first, right? That's the way the world tends to think. But we are created in God's image, we are not God. Yes, I'm loved. Yes, I'm his child and he is my father. But I'm not God in any way and I have no power or rights over him. I know my place before him. I'm in awe of his greatness and holiness and therefore I give him the honour and respect that he deserves and is worthy of. And, and I recognise, and this is actually an important one, that sin actually makes God angry. It upsets him. And his perfect justice requires just punishment for all sin. This is why we worship Jesus for taking our place for that, out of love for us. Number two from Joshua on wholeheartedness is put away idols forever. This is what Joshua said. We're still in verse 14. Put away forever the idols. Now, okay, we don't have the, the little idols that they tended to have in that pagan culture that they'd put in their homes or shrines or whatever, and they would kind of uh, worship in different ways. But gee, we have a lot of things in our life that we do put ahead of God sometimes, don't we? And anything in our life that is more valuable to us, that takes a hold of our heart more than God, is probably an idol that we, we need to deal with. Because Joshua said also in verse 14, serve the Lord alone. Serve the Lord alone. It's worth searching our heart to see what it is that gives us that, you know, that, that thrill above, above God. You know, that thing that captures our heart, that, the things we, we tend to kind of dwell on more than Him. Because we, bec- we do, we become slaves to them. And they become like an idol. Number three is choose God each day, which was, which was from verse 15. Choose today whom you will serve. And I know it was a moment in time when Joshua was saying, hey, who are you going to follow God or not here? But I actually think it's a good discipline to remind us that each day we have to actually choose to live for God and serve him first. You know, it really is. I think it's a daily thing that we can do. So, you know, today, God, I'm following you. Whatever you bring my way. This is the wholehearted living. Because every day you'll be tempted or distracted by other things that, that want you, you know, Satan's good at this. He, he wants to, he doesn't want wholehearted Christians. He'll find everything he can to distract us and to tempt us and to take our, our eyes off God. So as part of our morning devotions or routine, you know, you know Christians, I, I encourage you, today, Lord, I'm starting the day, I'm committed to you wholeheartedly. Number four, and this one seems a bit weird, but serve with your house. House, is, I guess, is another way of saying with your family. Yeah. Because Joshua said, as for me and my house, you know, he was making a declaration there. We're going to serve the Lord in the whole house, the whole family. Don't just make it your own commitment to God. Commit as a family. You know, parents... Lead your family and your kids into deeper relationship with God together. You know, worship together. Serve together. 
in whatever way God has you. In this church is great, but whatever way God has you serving, serve together. It's something I love doing with my family, is when we serve together. I watch the Cruz family every Sunday morning serve together. Pray together. Read the word together. I admit, I'm just going to confess, I wasn't that good when my kids were younger of reading the word with them. You know, I wish I had have done that more. We had moments, but it probably wasn't that consistent. But I encourage you to do it. Discuss faith and life together. You know, don't just let the TV and Netflix be everything that you do with your family. Find a moment. If you're a young adult or a single here today, do those things with your friends. You know, it's just as powerful. Your close network of Christian friends that's your house. Me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. All right, number five. You know what, church? I was just thinking. Remember, Pastor Adam said if you're online, you've got to type some amens. I want to hear some amens here this morning. <laughs> number five is always obey. The people said, this is verse 24, the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. Now, God calls us to obedience I'm not just talking about the big ticket stuff, you know, the don't steal, don't lie things. He calls us to love others as ourselves. That's the big ticket one right there. Because we know, we've talked about it relentlessly, but I'm going to just keep saying it again, that if it doesn't start with love, then God actually says that's nothing. It's got to be love first, and people need to know it. Because the Word says, Jesus says, even your enemies. Even your enemies. Now, I have another confession for you this morning. You know, a few weeks ago, we had some friends at the top of our driveway as you were all coming into church. <laughs> and I went up there, and, and you know, I, there was no abuse or anything like that. It was discussion of, kind, of some sort. But let's just say, on reflection, I've been a little convicted as I wrote the sermon today and thinking, I'm not sure I was quite as Jesus to them as I could have been. And because that's, that's the obedience thing. Always obey. Yes, I don't cheat on my taxes. Yes, I don't shoplift when I go to Bunnings. <laughs> yes, you know, lots of things. But when, if I... If I'm obeying God, it's when somebody is pushing my buttons or upsetting me or doing the wrong thing. The way I love them is important. That's always obey. Number six is make a memorial to your commitment. You know, Joshua made a covenant. Sorry, verse 25. Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions. As a reminder, as a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. That's pretty cool. I was thinking about how I could get a big stone in here today. <laughs> but ran out of time. But we should publicly declare what God has done for us and, and restate our commitment to him. I think that that's important for us. And to be honest, baptism is, is the best way. You know, it, if, if you're a follower of Christ, baptism is a way of publicly declaring and committing 
to Christ and telling the world what he has done for you and in you. And all Christians should be baptized because Jesus said so, and he was baptized too. And so I want to encourage you today, if you haven't been baptized before, please seriously consider it. And if there's something stopping you, like the thought of having to stand here and and give a testimony, please don't let that stop you, because I'll find a way where you won't have to. You can still be baptized, okay? This is the thing. It doesn't say in the Bible, you know, repent, share your testimony in front of the church and be baptized. (laughs) It just says repent and be baptized. It's important to publicly declare that you're following Christ. We'll find a way to do that. But the whole, the, the baptism, it, it, it's a great memorial. It's a, it's a symbol and it, and it shows that the dead person you know, is dead. The, the, the sinful person is dead. And now we have raised a new life in Christ. And we're, we're saying it to everybody. You know, Christ now lives in me and, and I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. You know, it's a sacrament. It's, we keep saying it's symbolic, but the, the Christ is in this when we're baptized, right? I encourage you to think about that. Now, as we finish today, speaking of this stating our commitment as a memorial, I want to invite you to commit to loving and serving God wholeheartedly. Remember, it, it takes strength and courage. But the great thing about our relationship with God is that he gives us that strength and courage that we need to commit. This is always uh, the wonderful thing about following Christ because he might be our destination, but he's, he's also the means, you know. He provides the means. I want to take the lessons from Joshua and apply them to us as a public declaration today. You know, if you boldly commit to God, I invite you, we're going to say the words a bit soon that the Israelites said. You know, the words were basic, where, where we will serve the Lord our God and we will obey him alone. And if you say these words with me, I want you to commit to putting God's first. You know, commit to growing in your faith, following the path he lays out for you. Commit to loving God. It is, that is the greatest command. You know, he, he loves us so much and he wants our love in return. He wants that relationship with us. Commit to loving God. Commit to loving everybody in your life. Commit to doing the hard work of transformation. Sanctification. You commit to trusting God and obeying Him. Commit to, to the great commission of making disciples. It's something we need to do together, church, because that is one of the hardest things to do, you know, is to reach out into our world with the good news of hope. But we do it together, you know, we encourage each other and spur each other on with that. But we commit to it. Commit to His church. Commit to the hard work of throwing off that sin in our life that hinders us. You know, we're committing to. to these words from Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. I'm not asking you to commit to perfection. I'm saying let's have the courage in a world that doesn't commit to anything anymore except for self-interest and wealth and pleasure. Put God first. You know, be different. Let's be different. No matter what. I'm not talking about salvation from works here. I'm talking about serving the one who has saved us. Do you hear the difference? Because I think that's the only response. The Israelites did it with courage and strength. They fulfilled the huge vision God had given them. With courage and strength, we can do the same. 
So we're going to commit to God. Let's stand together. Let's put those words on the screen and let's say them together. We will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. God, we come before you this morning uh, and recognizing what you have done for us, you know, the sacrifice you gave us, Lord, um, the love that you have poured out for us, Father. And in return, we say we commit to you and we serve you, Lord Jesus, even when it gets hard. God, even when you tell us to go somewhere that looks too hard and it's, and it's scary, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will give us your strength today. I pray it over the church, Lord, for your strength and your courage that we can commit to you, God, because um, we, we are your followers and you have called us to live this way. Wholeheartedly, Lord, all in even when it, we don't feel like it, Lord, we, we discipline ourselves and we go all in, Lord Jesus. God, where there's part of us that's captured by something, you know, an idol or something in our life that's more than you in, 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 our, in our lives, God, we confess that to you today, Lord, and we turn it over to you, we lay it at the foot of the cross and we say, Lord, take that place, come into every, you know, every square inch of our life, Lord. Uh, we give all of our heart to you, Father. We give all to you, Lord Jesus. And we know, God, that you have great plans. For each person here, you have a plan. God, we know that we can, uh, we can cross that Jordan, so to speak, that we can, we can live that life that you've called us to. God, we, so we submit and surrender our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen.